When Martin Reed started Core Conversations in March of 2020 as the pandemic hit, he thought he'd be doing it for just a few weeks. But here he is a couple of years later, many hundreds of episodes later, and the connection and community that he has created every single day that he shows up online is incredible. He speaks to folks all over the world in our community about what's happening, where they are, how they're building their businesses, what they like to focus on, and sharing stories of their path in the Pilates world. I've just finished recording this episode where I ask Martin to share how he got to where he is today and what he's been focused on along the way. And in that conversation, we talk about everything from how to get men to do more Pilates, to the psychology behind the decision to try Pilates in the first place. We also talk about representation and diversity and belonging in the Pilates community and why that is such an important thing for everyone here to focus on. We cover it all. It was a wonderful conversation and I can't wait for you to listen in. Well, hi there. I'm Saren Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really, really, really excited for today's episode because I am joined by Martin Reed. Martin Reed of Personal Victory, of Real Men Do Pilates, and of Core Conversations. Welcome, Martin. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So we've connected quite a few times online, Instagram, all the things. Um, but if we, if you have never, um, never interacted or engaged or seen Martin, he is a, uh, he's been in the movement world for over 20 years, um, working in everything from big box gyms to boutique fitness studios, um, He's an educator, he's a speaker, and he's a fitness coach. He's a Pilates instructor, sports conditioning specialist, um, and he also has a master's degree in counseling. So he is an, a huge advocate for community and community well-being, um, especially. And that kind of comes through in, in everything that he does and all of the different things that he is working on right now. So I wanted to kick off because, you know, when I when I introduce people, I always feel like I can only I can't really share the truth, the true journey and the path that has brought you to where you are today. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you've kind of navigated this uh, the wonderful world of Pilates um, and how you kind of got to where you're at and what you're doing today. Absolutely, um, yeah. You hear your own bio sometimes, like man, I've done a lot of stuff, or I've been around for a long time, one or the other. You're a busy um, man. <laughs> I'm busy. But don't you feel, Saren, like we're just sometimes we're just fueled by our passions? Like it doesn't feel busy. It feels like we're just doing what we're called to do. I feel like I'm busy when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Doesn't feel right? like work, right? It, it doesn't. Like no. It, 
yeah, yeah, it really doesn't feel like work. So um, over the years, I think I've changed my title on my business card to, uh, you know, from personal trainer to sport conditioning specialist to Pilates instructor uh, and all those things. But right now, <laughs> today, <laughs> it's it says movement specialist. And uh, a movement specialist kind of captures that that world of personal training and helping people with their goals, Pilates and helping them understand their movement. And then also the psychological piece, you know, the coaching and, and all the things we've been diving deeper on in this Pilates space in this conversations over the last few years. So I have my Pilates studio, uh, which is a micro business inside high octane training and therapy. Uh, I have my core conversations, which is an Instagram live, which I do every single day, five days a week. Uh, workday, I guess, weekdays a week. And then, um, yeah, and then Real Men Do Pilates. So there's so much in there. Um, but Real Men Do Pilates is really uh, just a handle and a movement in and of itself where I'm trying to connect men to the Pilates work. Like we, you know, Joseph Pilates was a man. So I just feel like it's designed by a man. And uh, it is, you know, it is meant for men in many ways. Everyone can do it and is really, you know, Pilates is for everybody. But that message of it being a game changer for men has gotten lost somewhere along the line. So I feel like I'm trying to redeem that idea and that notion. Um, and I found someone who's using the, the real men, real men do Pilates hashtag. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I decided I was going to like own it and just put up posts and just get pictures of men doing Pilates, get pictures of men who aren't super flexible, bendy guys doing Pilates, like athletes doing Pilates and stuff. So people could, hopefully see themselves in the work and recognize that it might be for them as well. Yeah. So when did you get kind of, when did, when was it that you kind of discovered Pilates? Cause presumably that had an, that kind of perhaps, did that fuel your real men do Pilates movement um, or focus? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I started when I first time I tried Pilates, I was playing football, university football, actually even high school. Uh, it was high school football and a Cairo uh, who I was going to, cause I hurt my back basically said like, you know, don't play football anymore and you'll feel better. And, you know, so as a 17, 18 year old, I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. So I um, continued to just do my own thing. And I was going to apply this class in a group fitness studio at a gym. But I noticed that, you know, I did it once and I felt pretty good. And then after time, you know, my once a week, twice a week, three times a week at the Cairo started to get less and less. And then it was like once a month to the Cairo um, and doing more Pilates and that Pilates becoming prehab as opposed to rehab was the thing that did it for me. And so I did Pilates, got like a first time, like, like a mat certification course just out of my own self-interest and never thought that I'd, I'd actually teach it. I thought that was something I just used for my body, just learn how to help myself with it. And then fast forward a few years, I got a chance to do like a full certification, learning the reformer, the mat, the tower, everything. And then fast forward another five or so years, and then I did an apprenticeship. So I got a chance to really dive deep on the classical work. So realizing the difference it made in my body as an athlete, recognizing that, you know, it wasn't um, just women, it wasn't just, you know, dancers, it wasn't just like, I could do it. I recognize that this is something that is, has helped me. And then as a personal trainer, talking about the business part and that niche, I now have something that sets me apart from the rest of the personal trainers on the gym floor. Like I have Pilates in my hip pocket as something else, another modality that can help people. So I looked at Pilates as not just a pillar onto itself, but part of the, the larger fitness 
dialogue. And now this is another thing, another way that I can help my people. So when I approached from that standpoint, that became my niche. And that was the thing that set me apart from other personal trainers, knowing Pilates, right? So, and then that, and that's it. So that, that was it really it for me. And, and from there, just recognizing that, you know, this is a game changer for men. This is a game changer for athletes. So, uh, you know, so I'll, I'm the first to say LeBron James does Pilates or David Beckham or just start name dropping because maybe that'll connect with somebody, right? So True. And, you know, it's interesting because there is this, um, it's, it's, you know, I th- there is a, you know, Pilates is for everybody, but there's certainly groups of people who don't feel like or don't know, aren't aware of how helpful and beneficial it can be for them specifically. And the, the, the audience um, for Pilates has, you know, really um, gotten quite narrow, perhaps. And there, it, it doesn't have to be that way. And, it, you know, I've seen, I've witnessed, you know, firsthand similar story to you where, you know, that, that how, um, how impactful incorporating Pilates into a very athletic um, uh, regime, as it were, you know, that, 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 how, how effective that is from a, what you called prohab, right. And, and, or as, as a, something that really maintains the ability for athletes to be able to continue to um, work their bodies to the level to, that they do um, for longer and how important it is that, you know, that how impactful Pilates can be and how, how, you know, effective it can be to do that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing that you touched on there is one of the reoccurring themes that's come out of my core conversations and the dialogues that I've had with Pilates instructors all over the world is representation matters. It really, really matters. And as a man, as a black man, as uh, you know, if if I was a larger body, if I was uh, from an indigenous people group, if I was of the LBGT, you know, community, whatever representation is, like people need to see themselves in the work. Yes, yes, absolutely. they just they need to, they just need to see it, right? So if if they're out there in the real world, they need to be in the Pilates studio as a teacher, as a leader, not just at the front desk but as a leader in that space. Cause then it's like, Oh, okay. One, this might be good for me Two, This might be a career move for me. This might be something that helps me. This might, you know what I mean? Like, so there's, there's a lot that needs to be said in there. And that's, those are the conversations that we're having every day in the Pilates space. And people are starting to recognize that being seen, heard and valued is so important. And that representation does matter in the space. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And so when you're having these conversations with your clients and you're working with men and you are um, telling them about Pilates, how are you introducing it? What sort of words are you using to describe the method? Because I find I'm always intrigued because it's, you know, it, you're going to you're going to talk about it differently to perhaps how other people talk about it, depending on who else who else they're talking to. So tell me about how you introduce Pilates to your clients, to your male clients who perhaps have been dismissive of um, a Pilates type movement method in the past. Absolutely. Um, I, this is usually like the elevator pitch, but I, I'm going to give you a bit of a longer answer. That's okay. Great. I love long answers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tell me everything. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> here it goes. Um, so I started my business in 2002. All right. So that's when I first registered my business and I call my business personal victory. And the reason why I called it personal victory is because this competition, I'm a very competitive person from a sport perspective. Um, so I recognize that the, the competition is not me versus you. It's me versus me. 
So I, I appeal to people to, to achieve their own personal victory. And what does success look like for you? So that's always been my mindset, regardless of what I was talking about. So when it comes down to Pilates and how I speak to it, if I have a guy in my space, typically the line that I use is, this is going to make you stronger in your weakest links. This is the missing link for your body. So for the person who thinks that weight training is it, now, okay, well, your squat is a certain number. We can do some Pilates and see how that changes your hip mobility and how that opens up that, that kinetic chain so you're able to do certain things in a stronger way. We haven't increased your squat, but we've made you stronger in the weakest links, which was impacting your squat. Now your number goes up. So I, I may appeal to someone who likes the resistance training world in that way. Or to some of my athletes, uh, basketball guys, I, I've worked with the farm team for the Raptors and I've worked with some other teams here in Toronto. And it's like, this is minutes for you. This is you signing another contract later in your career when most guys are giving up. You're still healthy, you're injury free or injury less. You understand how to take care of your body in a different way. So this is minutes on the court. This is dollars in your pocket if you figure this out. So whatever that person's personal victory is, that's the way that I speak to Pilates for them. Right. So you take Pilates and the benef- the outcomes of what Pilates can do for them and apply it to what they're focused on and what's most important to them in their lives. Right. Yeah. Yes. With, and it's uh, kind of specific no. examples. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I, as you can kind of hear it from my talk, like, I feel like everyone is an athlete. So I treat everybody like an athlete and, and your sport or your podium performance may be chasing your grandkids around all day and not being tired at the end of the day. Like it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to be in the NBA. It could mean that you're going to run around and do groceries and gardening and not be sore on Monday, you know? So how do we train our people to do that and feel good about themselves and know that they are free to do what they want to do as long as they want to do it. So sounds like there's a, you know, a hundred percent, everything you're saying is amazing. So, you know, you, you mentioned just then everybody is an athlete, but a lot of people don't see themselves that way. So that, that is the first perhaps hurdle that we come to when it comes to sort of helping people see the light. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was, uh, had a group that I did a presentation for, and it's a group uh, embracing chronic pain and illness. So everyone in the room, stroke victims, fibromyalgia, um, spinal issues, things along those lines. And I walked away from that session and my heart was like so full in the sense that I was showing them exercises. We maybe got to like the third exercise with all the accommodations and modifications and and options. And I saw how hard everyone in the room was working. And that broadened my conversation when it came to the thought of what an athlete looks like. Because in my head, an athlete is someone who's simply trying to get better every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like they're trying to improve from where they are to something else. So if you have chronic pain and success for you, victory for you means going through the day without having to take a three-hour nap because it's just too much demand on your body. If you say, I was able to go my whole day, you're an athlete. You weren't able to do it yesterday. You've been working towards that moment. So I'm redeeming the word. I'm changing the paradigm around it so people don't you know, just shrug off the whole work because they're not an athlete. I, mean, I want you to just get in that mindset of just getting better every day. 
Right. And that's all that matters. That's all that really all matters. matters. All that matters. And that way you take away the, you know, the comparison or the competition, you know, for a lot of people who's, who, who kind of hold on to that as perhaps a reason why they, they can't or don't want to, or shouldn't, or, you know, they're reluctant to perhaps embrace a fitness or movement modality like Pilates. Yes, absolutely. I see how you use the psychology part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm appealing to you. I'm appealing to you to be the best version of yourself to, you know, to lock out all the other images and words and the woulda, shoulda, couldas, and just like, what, what, what can I do today? What can I do instead of getting fixated on what you cannot do? Well, my shoulder is this, or my injury says this, or my doctor said, well, what can you do? Great. Let's go from there. Let that be our launch pad into what we can do next. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you work with your clients in your business right now? Um, in, in many ways, you know, I have people at different points I've had, I still have my second client ever. So I've worked with this lady since 2002 and a lot of postural issues and, and, it, you know, our goals change, but generally speaking, that's what she came to me for is to improve her posture and to, to feel good in her body. Cause she wasn't an athlete. Uh, she wasn't active. She didn't start working out until she was about around, you know, 35, 40 sort of thing. And then, you know, other end of the spectrum, I have a group of AAU basketball kids who are just trying to figure out their bodies and they can dunk, but they can't squat. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, it's just weird, right? So you have this cross section of people, but at, at any point, there's this, always this ongoing conversation of what our goals are now. What do you want to work on today? How are you feeling today? Because every body is different. Every day, your body is different in different ways. So so it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's, is a continuing conversation that I'm having with people that is setting up where we're trying to go, you know, every time we meet. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell me a little bit more about, um, how the core conversations element came into play when that started, um, why it started. And then, uh, you know, you're still, you're still doing it every day and, and, you know, what that it means to you and what, what, it, what drives you every day to, to be there and show up. Wow. Well, my friend, let me tell you, this is something that started with COVID. So this is a COVID baby in a sense. So when we started our lockdown in March, uh, 2020, um, we, we did this where everyone was online and they were doing their classes and here's a free class and join me at two o'clock for this. And, and I didn't want to compete with all these other instructors who have been teaching for longer than me, who have a bigger following than me. And I, and it wasn't like an inferiority, inferiority complex. I just, I just didn't want to compete with that. And, uh, but at the same time, I wanted to highlight them. I wanted to say, you know, I'm just going to do a live. My wife and I were talking about it. I decided I'm going to go on do Instagram live at 10 o'clock every day and just ask people, what are you doing? Like, what's, what are you doing for your class? And tell us more about you. What is, you know, and people want to hear the story behind the person. And that's one of the ways you build a, a relationship, a working relationship with them. And it's accelerated when you know their backstory. So you see on my Instagram, there's pictures of my my, ki- my kids and my classic car and me playing football. And so it's like, oh, he plays football. I like football. He likes classic cars. I like that. So you're building a connection with people. So I figured let's accelerate that process of building that connection by simply having a conversation. Let's hear about the woman behind the brand. Let's hear about the man behind the brand. So we had these conversations and asked people, you know, what pivots you made during quarantine? 
who's your ideal client? You know, where, where's your studio? That sort of thing. What are you doing online and how can we support you? And over time, I started to have more conversations with people and we'd have, you know, big name people and like lesser known people. And, and it just started going. And I figured that once the lockdowns ended, that these conversations would end, but people have been saying yes, still. And I have done over 400 episodes. I've spoken to everyone from whom you consider Pilates royalty to the gems, the people that were trained by so-and-so that live in Germany and have fantastic mentors and they're just doing their thing. Um, So what I've realized is there are so many things to be learned. And the most powerful thing about these core conversations is that I think we've changed the paradigm in terms of who is, who's the king, like who is the queen, who is the royalty in Pilates world. And it's not who you think. We are all actually heroes. We are all superheroes in this world. And before COVID, my thought is, and I wasn't really deep in the Pilates world going to conferences and stuff, but my thought is that those who were considered the big dogs in this world were those who were speaking at conferences and those who are featured on the cover of Pilates magazines. That's it. And I have discovered people in Turkey and Poland and New Zealand and Wales and Brazil and Northern, you know, Northern Ontario and, and Western Canada and Indonesia and all over the world who are, you know, just fantastic, talented, passionate, you know, continuing, you know, continuing to learn people. And you realize that it levels the playing field and that there's a lot of people out there who don't want the spotlight, but are really scary smart. And um, so I've been highlighting those people and supporting them. And, uh, you know, that that phrase, support, amplify, and connect. Uh, that's what we do, right? Just find those people and supporting them, amplifying the voices of those lesser known superheroes and just connecting people. I, and I feel like the, 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 the proudest moments of doing these conversations is when someone says, I live in Louisiana and your guest is from Louisiana. So I reach out to them and now we're doing workshops together and people are collaborating and they're, they're joining, they're locking arms and doing great work and supporting their communities. And they only met through these core conversations and they live an hour apart. Like, it's like, that's the coolest thing for me. That is such a win for our Pilates community as we, as we pull everyone together in a global sense. So a hundred percent, a huge, huge win for the whole community. I absolutely Agree and huge amount of appreciation for you showing up every single day to make that happen, because you're absolutely right to reiterate what you said. There, every there are many, many, many superheroes in this community who um, haven't had the spotlight shone on them in the same way as others for no reason at all, and that of their own, you know, and doesn't mean that they know they don't matter or are not as important as the people who speak at the conferences at all. Every single, every single person is, who is teaching and delivering Pilates belongs within the Pilates community. And it's, it's really a wonderful thing when you can bring people together and bring people together because of their love of movement, but also their um, desire to connect with others who love the movement too. And with no other agenda at all, other than to to connect. And that's really a wonderful, wonderful thing, truly. Yeah. 
Yes. You know, that's what we're saying right at the beginning. Like it, it, it sounds hard and daunting, but it really is easy because we're moving from a place of joy and uh, we're toppling a lot of those mindsets that it's for skinny white women or that it's just for dancers or that it's just for this, that it's just for that. It's like, no, actually, I know some really fantastic men who teach this work. Um, you know, I really know some really amazing teachers who have larger bodies. So I'm sorry, that's not just for skinny women. Like you can learn and you can own this work and you don't have to make apologies for who you are or what you look like. You are gifted, talented, and this is your space. You're welcome. So I, there's a lot that's being said and I just love every opportunity I have to, to share and celebrate the voices that come into our space. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. And so, um, Let's talk a little bit about that <laughs> and and tell me a little bit about how you, you know, I, there has been a shift, I think, in the industry from a representation perspective in that clearly there are, is a, is a need for a wider, more, um, an increasingly diverse representation elevated by the community as a whole and all of the different um, participants and that that are involved with all of those different powers that they may have to elevate others within the community. How do you foresee or would like to see um, the industry develop and the perspectives that people have? And um, how would you like, how do you foresee that we sort of encourage this for people who feel who are underrepresented um and how can we kind of continue to grow and evolve in a way that is moving things in the right direction for everybody yeah, that's a great question and that's a question that is you know we ask that a lot um i would say stop othering people and it sounds weird to say it that way but there was a time true story where they said we are only going to have skinny white women on our magazines because those are our audience that was actually said scary to think that and you go from a place like that in the plotties world to now saying well actually there is this person and that person um but then we still you know with george floyd and all the things that happened and this this racial awakening that happened in our global like in the world um, that got reflected back into the fitness industry where people started to ask, okay, wait a minute, who is on your board of directors? Why are there no upper management people that look like me? What is going on with this? And we start to ask some hard questions of the industry at large. And now that those questions are being asked and answered, then you start to see more scholarships given to um, populations that may not be able to afford a $10,000 apprenticeship program and a $5,000 reformer combination tower unit. You know what I mean? Like they're starting to open the doors financially and uh, just within the industry professionally for other, for others. I mean, using the word other generally speaking, because they're not even necessarily talking about race, right? Like it could be so many different, the, the myriad of people that are out there, but it was so uniform before and that's not reflective of the world but it was reflective of who was running the pilates world um so now we're starting to see more scholarships we're starting to see more opportunities for speaking we're starting to see opportunities in business and in industry and leaders and, and all these different things that are happening and i think we just need to continue to to let that happen 
Um, like I used to rely on support, amplify, and connect, and it, it comes right back to that. So if you're doing a conference and you see on the conference that it's the biggest global this, that, or whatever, and then you look at all the speakers and all the speakers are white, it's not on me as a black person to say, wait a minute, why are there no black people there? Or if they're all men, it's like, why are there no women there? Whatever the case is, we need to all be interrupting that racism or interrupting that discrimination or interrupting that lack of representation saying, why aren't these people there? We should all be asking that hard question of our industry when we see something that just doesn't look right. And I think that that's the awakening that's happening where people are now saying, wait a minute, you can't call this uh, X, Y, and Z and then have all one people group when we all know that everyone does Pilates. So I think it's just that mindset and just interrupting those false, old, antiquated narratives. Right. And and continuing to evolve, right? Yes. And it's not like a one-time box check. It's <laughs> at all. It's the it's the it's the evolution and a continuing of evolution, continuing to evolve, and to change and to you know and to bring people in and to bring new perspectives and new ideas and which are fun and exciting and energizing and and there's so much so much that 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 um there's so much more to be done um so much more to be done but i do i i think that as we're and we're evolving and continuing to evolve and i think there's you know we we all need to be like you said everybody needs to um everybody is responsible for making sure the evolution yeah, Absolutely. we're all a part of, that, in the same way that we're all a part of this community. Everyone is is everyone belongs here, and everyone is responsible for the for making sure that everyone is feels belong. That's the community, right? That's what a community yes. is about. Right, exactly. I love the word that I love the fact that you use the word "belong" as opposed to just saying "welcomed." Right, like you stop oh, and think about a difference. It's such a big difference. <laughs> like I can, you're welcome in my house, but don't touch that. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Make sure you take your shoes off. Or it's like you belong. Go help yourself to something in the fridge. And like my house is your house. Like there's a different feeling. The person in power isn't just saying, "Okay, you have permission to be here." We're actually saying, "Actually, all of us belong here." two different phrases. So I love the fact that you use belonging. That's exactly it. And I, you know, I think that with, you know, we all have COVID as a, was a, um, was such a, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, you know, we're not over or anything like that, but it, it was such a, it was such an aggressive period, right. Where there was so, there was so much tied up in that when, in the very beginning, when you first started core conversations, um, that, um, you know, that the idea of bringing people together without an agenda made it such that people felt belonged, like they belonged yes. in the conversations because there was no agenda. It's not about having, a, you know, having done lineage. this thing or that or yeah. that yes. training or that. It was, there wasn't, there, you know, you didn't put any sort of pre- you know, requirements to being a part of those conversations or listening into those conversations or watching those conversations. It was, it, everyone was welcome and you have, you know, you've, you've created that environment, which is an, you know, a really incredible thing to do and, and bringing people together like that. It's, it's so important. And I, and I, you know, again, I huge amount of appreciation for the amount of time that you've put into doing that. And I think I speak for the industry, for so many in the industry who 
really appreciate that and show up and enjoy the conversations and meeting others and seeing who else is on and and who's going to who's chatting who's chatting today it's a really really wonderful thing so i thank you i appreciate I, it i appreciate when you just jump in on a freestyle and nothing planned and we have great conversations like it's you know my my days are so either like i am running around after my 2 year old and i'm like trying to trying to talk to you where <laughs> While while also like you know playing with the trains, or <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep, that's but, real uh, life though. It's the this, life. This, that's I think that's what makes you authentic. That's the thing. It's not just like look how polished my presentation is, and look how slick my Insta- Instagram is. It's like look at me. Actually, don't look at me. I'm playing with my kid right now, and everyone sees that. Like that's me. that's my life too. I want to work with her. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I love that. That's, yeah, that's what makes it real. It does makes it very real. Makes it, it and isn't that's that's where you that's when you kind of really get to know people, right? Really get to know people. Awesome. Well, I have to say I could keep talking to you about all of these things for many, many, many more hours, but I know that we've got places to go. You've got places to go. Um, and I wanted to thank you so much for joining me to talk about all these things. And we covered a lot of really, really wonderful topics today. So thank you. My pleasure. So before we hop off, why don't you just let everyone know how they can um, find you online and where they can connect with you so that they can perhaps listen into one of those conversations? Absolutely. Personalvictory.ca is my website. That's personalvictory.ca. And same thing, my handle for Instagram, Facebook, everything is at personalvictory. So Perfect. I'll pop all that in the show notes. Um, and then, um, Martin, you go live every Monday to Friday at 10, I think it's 10 a.m. Eastern. So if anyone wants to go say hi to Martin, he's there. Um, he's there and he'll, he, you listen and you'll, he has great guests and, um, and real conversations. Yeah. No scripts, no, nothing, nothing too pre-scheduled. I feel like it's a very much show up and, and, and chat and it's a great great place to be you never know what you're going to learn it's awesome right (laughs) thanks so much thank you so much for joining me martin i really appreciate it oh thanks so much love it did you love this episode and want more head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business and before you go one last reminder There is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day.